Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Um, once again, it's not on Wednesday night because of Rachim uh, Simchas and the family. And, um, so we're recording it, pre-recording before Wednesday night. And the Shabbos is, of course, Bashva Yigash. This year, Wednesday night, would technically be on Hey Teves, the yard site, the Varam Baruch Ben Yudha Levi. Hello, Shalom. So, obviously, we're dedicating this year in his name. A man that was the Sameach Yidin. Man that gave Simchas Chaim to many Yidin had a very pleasant demeanor most time, most part. Um, eulogies, them are not a good thing to do, not a good thing to make. And the Babich are not masked usually, and the reason being simply because you don't want to say something that's not right. That Shama should have to deal with it later. Um, Originally by trade, he went into his father's business as a jeweler. He was also a musician, very musically inclined. Expertise was trumpet. Was able to play other instruments as well. He was very famous by many chassanists and many different simchas. Um, he had the long extension to his trumpet. She reached out to many people. Many people thought were very, very cute. He had a very cute touch to El Simchas. He used to print out a banner, Malatov to the Simchas, to the Bal Simcha, Chasenkala, whatever it was. Three times a day, Tfilah B'Tzibar, Kvisit Nulatera, early in the morning. From Yid, a good person, on the most part, as most of us have our plus sides and chassidim other sides. But at this point in time, the yard side, his first yard side, is definitely a pure neshama, one that's going to be have a neshama, have an aliyah. Shama Avaliyah, his wife, Meyav Esrim, his children, Shtarik, should be a Meyavaliyah for all of them. Didn't have it easy in his later years when he got sick. Very, very young. It was not an easy illness. Suffered plenty, and generally, it said that a person suffers in this world, it cleanses the neshama for the world to come. Had good gulitin, he suffered plenty. Rahman 
So it'll definitely be a meditation for the family. He sits with his parents. Lessons. There's no end. The name Aaron Baruch, Aleph and Beis, and uh, this week the world celebrated the Shalmat Charbashkin, Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. And the concept of Aaron was, of course, to be Baruch. Concept of Aaron Akein, Kehanim, bench the Eden, they bless the Eden. Therefore, Baruch Tia, his schus was as a levy. He was able to wash the Kahanim's hands before they could bench the Eden. And Baruch Hashem, his children, one better than the other. Each one of their own, each one of their own way, they affect their surroundings. And they shall have Yeshua's and the Chamas. They should be Menachem then, Shibala Ibala, Mavas Lanetzach, Macha Hashem, as Dimim al Koponim. And we'll see how we can actually fit character of Aram Baruch and Tepaz Vayigash. Hey Teves is Hey Teves, a Yomtev. Didan Notzach. And it's a story that needs to be recounted each year as is tradition when a person goes through a situation and Baruch Hashem they are they come out on each year on their time they celebrate they celebrate and they recount the goodness of this day Sifria, the library of the Rebbe the Friedrich Rebbe have more significance than just having books than just a valuable invaluable collection of books <coughs> each safer that either was sent in or that was amassed or that was procured however it was purchased or whatever it might have been had its value and its entity and its personality in the library of the Rebbe. The library which the Rebbe said belonged to the Chassidim, Agudas Chassidim Chabad. And at this point, in this trial that we had gone through, when the Svarim were taken from the library, although the person that took them says he didn't steal them, he says he had rights to them as well, This Svarim could not be separated from its other Svarim. And the person himself had no interest in the Svarim. He sold them as he could, as fast as he could. 
there was tremendous amount of money used to procure, to repurchase these farm from the people that it was sold to. At the very least, they needed to be compensated for the, the, what they paid. But obviously, they looked to net a profit. No fault of theirs, they didn't steal it. Unfortunately, knowing that you're getting a safe is so rare, you got to know it belongs to somebody, and you don't just buy it. But whatever the case might be, this is how it was. This is how they say in America it went down. And Baruch Hashem, after many, many horrific experiences in court, where terrible thoughts were brought up, where the judge almost had to subpoena the Rebbe, Chmanalitzlan, to come to court to testify, or the Rebbe, for that matter. And Baruch Hashem, we saw open miracles. Near the Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, gave testimony via a recording, at which point she said that not only the library belongs to the Chassidim, the Rebbe belongs to the Chassidim. Very, very powerful statement. And therefore, on Hey Tavis, the Svarim were returned. Much the chagrin of the Rebbe, the Chassidim celebrated, I don't think they celebrated the way the Rebbe wanted them to. I don't think they wrote to the Rebbe how they wanted to celebrate and got an answer this way. But basically the Rebbe looked at it and said, Svarim, Sifrik Dusha, Teira Svarim, were returned. You celebrate in turn the same way, by sitting and studying Teira. People took it at a different dimension, to a different level. There's obviously many people that said, many Lachaims, the dancing, the joy in the streets, when the Rebbe came down to Mincha, the, the, the festive air was, was palpable, cut with a knife. Although the Rebbe also was very joyful about it. I don't know how appreciative the Rebbe was of the actual reactions, the chazan for that Mincha. Sorry, etc. Many Sikhs that ever spoke thereafter, but all this farm being returned, being brought back, the library being brought from Russia, from Russia, and that ever said that all these farm together, being brought back together, would ultimately bring Mashiach. So Lachaim, hey Tavis, Lachaim that we should be able to learn Teda. Chaim, we should enjoy learning Teda. We should have joy. We should have Simchas Chaim. We should have peace, tranquility within ourselves. Peace and tranquility between our friends. So that we can ultimately merit the ultimate Simcha of Biaz Gael Tzedek, 
of Mashiach Tzidkenu, this Hei Tevis. Pashva Yigash takes us to many different stages. The famous line which we've said so many times, Vayigash Elev Yehuda, Yehuda confronts Yosef. Yehuda was a, a politician. He understood how to deal with people. And yet he comes forth and he confronts Yosef full on. Full on. Yosef pushes back. Sons push back, etc. We know the whole controversy. And we know the question and the answer as to why Yehuda reacted this way rather than versus first talking you're such a nice guy and then start screaming instead he started screaming first and then tried to appease him and the Rebbe answers and we all know the answer when a person when it hurts we scream and therefore we don't necessarily rationally react to something that's very, very painful to us. Something that hurts really badly. We don't necessarily react to it and say, no, it hurt a little bit. It hurt a lot. I guess we'll fix it. We'll put a band-aid. We'll no. The reaction is mishrait. We scream. And this is extremely, extremely relevant to each and every one of us. As we sit in the Golas every extra minute we sit here, we may not sit complacently. We must sit and stand and scream, Ad Mosai, how long? Our mission is to see to it that Mashiach is brought. Our mission is that we unite in a way that we merit the revelation of Mashiach. As we'll soon discuss from this week's Pasha. Learning Chitas this morning, I had a question with no answer. And I'm still a little bit baffled. I'm still a lot baffled, shall we say. Rashi is the champion of the Mechamesh the Mikra. We know that. We've learned that before many times. And 
Rashi explains a pasuk according to the Mechamish the Mikra. Apologies. Yasef meets Binyamin. Pasuk tells us first that Yasef sees Binyamin, he gets very emotional, but he doesn't say anything. Finally, Yasef reveals himself to Binyamin to his brothers. If you're not a Bechamish Namikra, but you're a simple person, and you hear that Yasef, whose mother bore only one other child, Binyamin, Two decades does not see his brother, who was a little infant practically when he left him. Little child, not an infant, but a child. Yasef was 17 when he was sold. So Yaman was a couple of years younger. A young child. And now he's a grown adult. And Binyamin, who hadn't seen his brother Yasef, who also was extremely attached to him, because knowing this is his mother's other child, and they were two, one of a kind, two of one parents. What is the natural reaction for Yasef and Binyamin when they come together? Binyamin had no grudge against Yasef. Yasef didn't run away. Yasef didn't desert him. He knew that Yasef disappeared for whatever reason it was. And he must have felt devastated all those years. Whether he knew the Ruach HaKedish, whether he didn't have it, whatever it might have been. Bottom line, it was his brother. And now, they unite. And they fall on each other. Of course they're going to cry. What else? So when it says in the Pasuk they cried, you, me, Bechamish, the Mikra, and anybody else says, oh, how emotional. Oh, how beautiful that must have been. A, a reunion of the two brothers. Oh, I, I tear up just thinking about it. Do I need Rashi to tell me why they cried? And Rashi doesn't say they cried because they were emotional. Rashi tells us something that's not Shamikra. It's not the simple explanation of the Pasuk. Yasef saw destruction of the temple on Binyamin's property, and Binyamin saw the destruction of Shile, of Yasef's, and therefore they cried for each other's churman that's going to happen hundreds of years later. And another question, only a few short psukim thereafter, it says Yasef cried on all his brother's shoulders. And Rashi says nothing about it. So we see that it's natural when two brothers meet. 
after a long time, and they have regrets, and they have whatever it is, they cry. So let us say that the brothers don't need an explanation. Let us say that for the brothers, we know why they cried, and we know why he cried. They cried because they felt bad what they did to him. He cried because he wanted to show them that it wasn't them. And, yala, Khabibi. Binyamin. Binyamin didn't sell him. And Yesus didn't desert Binyamin. They cried purely out of emotion for one another. For the love of the two brothers. But yet, Rashi does not use that explanation. Rashi does not use nature. Rashi uses destruction of the temples. And like I told you, I don't really have an answer. I'll try But before that, I want to ask another question on this very same reunion. I know from personal, when my mother Hashem passed away, and the very, very close friends of my father Hashem came to be Mabul, they sat huddled together, their heads against one another, and they cried on each other's heads. And they all cried together. They were very close. But they literally were crying. Those tears, you could see the tears coming down from that circle. But yet, the Tata tells us that they don't fall on each other's heads. They fall on each other's necks. Why on the neck? Shoulder, I understand. Neck. People cry on my shoulder. Cry on your shoulder. It's an expression. Use my shoulder. You have a problem? Veins of Chizov mentioned my plate. My axle. But on the neck? Sips on the neck. Here we need to explain this. Why does one cry on the neck of, a friend, of another? And not on their head? The head is the main part of the body. There's a, an explanation for this that would perhaps explain how we have to serve God, actually. The neck is the go-between, between the head and the body. The mainstay life of a person is in the head. The continuity of life from the head to the body as a can do it. This pole in between. The windpipe, the esophagus, etc. This is in between. So we see therefore that the neck, the throat actually, houses a lot of great things that the head doesn't necessarily have. Even though the head is greater than everything else, than the other body parts, even the neck, 
still and all, when it comes to the tachlis and its tafkir of the head, it's more important to have the neck, the throat. Because through that neck, we have the strength, the capacity, to pass through life to the body. It's the conduit. When a person serves God, the head is the highest part of the person. It's the nisham of the person. The neck shows the Aveda, the service that a person does to take and put life into the head and from the head to the body, which is of course the nishama to bring it into the world, which is the rest of the body. Therefore, Yisuf and Biyamin cried on each other's necks. Because, first of all, on the head and the neshama of a Jew, there's nothing to cry. Because the neshama of a Jew, even when a Jew sins, Rechman al-Tzan, Gam b'shasachet hoysa b'amna ita yizbarich, Tal-Tareb writes in Tanya, even when a person is sinning, he's with God. And Chazal tell us, if you keep in score at home, you can modern Sanhedrin, Memdalar Amar Aleph, 44, side 1, that says, Even though he sins, he's a Jew. What's Yisrael? Yisrael is the letters Li Roish. I have a head. That's first of all. Second of all, the essence of a person is not their head. The work an Hashem does for itself is one thing. But in the neck, this if affects the entire body, the entire world. And to lighten them up with the air and the shama, and therefore the neck is greater than the head, and dafka that on the neck, the do Yosef and Benjamin cry. Hence we see the connection directly. The head, the head is the head that thinks. The neck is what turns the head. And therefore, the neck is, if you want to be this way, if you want to be that way, if you want to affect anything around you, you need to turn with the neck. The person without the neck is a gestekte. He stands still. He can't. He has his eyes to look. We know Yosef is punished for the references that he makes to his father as his servant. Obviously, he tried to be politically correct. They should not know, he should not give himself away. But bottom line, he didn't have a right to use this, such words, such wording. We find a very interesting halacha in this week's Parsha that Yehuda brings about to Tera. Yehuda comes to Yosef and he says to him, he wants to save Binyamin. Why is he so hysterical? Why is he screaming, excuse me, more than any of his brothers? Ki avdecha orei v'shanar. Pasik tells us, chapter 44, verse 32, Perik memdala, Pasik lamed beiz, Ki avdecha orei v'shanar. Your servant 
is the guarantor for this youth. We see prior to this also he mentions the concept of guarantor when he convinces, Yehuda convinces Yaakov to send me Yom and he says, Back chapter 43, uh, verse tests Memgimul Pasik Tess. So he ultimately is the guarantor that he returns. If we keep going home the the biggest And according to this opinion of the Gemara, the Gemara says we learn the concept of guarantor from Yehuda. A guarantor stands in the stead of the one that takes the loan. As if he himself received this loan. He's guaranteeing, guaranteeing it that he will pay it back if they don't. Which is a pretty meritorious thing to do. And the same Yehuda did. He, developed, he, he inv- devoted himself and dedicated himself as a standby for Binyamin. Uh, he's standing literally in his place. So much so that he was ready to go to war to bring back, Yehuda, to bring back Binyamin. Now, <laughs> we of course question this to no end. Namely, what's Yaakov's reaction? Yehuda says, anything happens to Yemen, you take it out of me. Hello, newsflash, Yehuda. You're Yaakov's son, too. He doesn't want anything happening to you either. Thus, take us the whole Arabis. What's this whole guarantor part? The whole thing's supposed to be worth even. What value is it to Yaakov? We know from a Gemara, several Gemaras actually, if you keep in score at home, Shvu Islamit Tess Amir Aleph. The bottom again in Sanhedrin, Chavzayin, the bottom of Omid Beis, and many other places where we know that the Jews are compared to one body, all different body parts, one united. Sorry for that. The Gemaras that I quoted. Are a very interesting quote of Kal Yisrael Arevim Zebazah. All Jews are guarantors for one another. That doesn't mean that I go fight somebody else's battles. That means I go help somebody when they have a problem, but I don't go fight their battles. If you don't have a personal issue with somebody else, you don't go and stick your nose in because they upset somebody else. That's not Arevim Zebazah. Arevim Zebazah is. Reuben has a problem. He needs money. He needs help. I want to go help him. 
personally. I'm not helping him by fighting his battles. That's not called Arev. But every Jew is another for one another. To the highest level that it comes to in Arevas. That literally he stands in his stead. But still doesn't mean he fights his battles. And we learn this from Yehuda. This Arevas was tied with the essence of Yehuda. As we know, Am Yisrael is one body. All different body parts. The unity between all these body parts. Many different ways of putting it together. First possibility that every body part gives to the completion of a body. Without that body part, it's not a full body. And we really don't care which body part we're talking about. But all the body parts need to be together in order for it to be one body. Um, another capacity not only each body part in- contributes to the other body to the completion of the body but it also sees to it that the other body part can function the head cannot reach any destination without the feet heads don't walk sometimes you come into places and the boss screams heads will roll but the heads don't walk and therefore, they need feet to be able to move. These two levels, we find the maila, the special maila, of each and every body part. Each one dedicates, devotes themselves for the other part. To make sure it's full, and to make sure it's fully functional. It's not easy. There are times where a Jew could be miles away, but yet you need to see to it that you help them, that they complete, that they can fulfill their mission, their life mission. And there's another higher level of unity. Every body part feels the other. It's not necessarily how it's made. But as a body part from a full body, this part of the person's body, making up the one whole body, there's no difference from one to the other. So a head could hurt and the feet would feel it. Or feet could hurt and the head would feel it. Etc. And so too with Am Yisrael. 
each and every Jew dedicates and devotes to the completion of the nation. There is an actus that gives over for each and every body part separately. Then there is an actus that is higher than that. That each Jew feels that he's part of this Metzius called Klal Yisrael, Am Yisrael. And therefore there's no difference to one Jew and the other. We are all one. We are brothers. We are sisters. This comes more so by Yehuda. Yehuda we know is the Melech Hashvatim. Yehuda is compared to the lion who, as we know, if you keep me score at home, the Gemara Chagiga, Yudgimel Amit Beis tells us, 13 side 2, how the lion was the king of the animals. As a king, he has this feeling that the entire nation is not just separate entities and separate parts, but all one. And therefore, Yehuda stood up as an Arv, as a guarantor, literally as he stood for his fellow Jew, for his brother. This unity will bring about the ultimate unity. As it says in the Haftarah, Melech Echad Yehlekulam, one king will be for all, this is Melech HaMashiach, which will come from Shevet Yehuda, Sheyavai V'yigalenu, V'yigalenu 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 Mamish. I don't know if we're going to go a full hour with this year today. Not that there's lacking material, just lacking time, unfortunately. So I'm going to. This is more important to us. Yes, you heard the Shalach Lefan of Yosef, the Hades Lefan of Geishna, says the Pasuk. Chapter 46, verse 28. Yehuda was sent before to Yosef to be Heides the fun of Geshna. Before Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim with his family, he sent Yehuda before him to Yosef. What is the Heide of the fun of Geshna? Tells us the Medrash to set up a base of Talmud. So from there, it could be Heide to learn. A yeshiva should be established. Yaakov sent Yehuda in order to set up in Mitzrayim, Yeshiva, where they're going to learn Teda. This shlichas of Yehuda needs to be scrutinized. Yosef was in Mitzrayim. Yosef was a tzaddik. And we see by the conversations that Yaakov has with Yosef, and Yaakov says, Yosef is even better than I am. Yosef sends the Agolas, sends the wagons. Agola and Egla are the same word, same letters. The reference Yosef is making by sending these Egla is to tell his father, remember the last thing we were learning was Egla Rufa. 
showing his father how he is still viable, he is still sitting and studying Tera. To which Yaakov says, Give a cook how great my son is, he's still alive. How wondrous. But is it really? Is it really? I also did it. I went to love and I was in love in 20 years. I guess I'm love and Garti. So what's so wondrous? Says Yaakov, not only it's wondrous, my son is greater than I. For not only did he see to it that he himself stayed whole, stayed righteous, studied Teda, he saw to it that he imposed this on the nation around him. He elevated the entire nation to become something that was worthwhile now. Why send Yehuda to establish Yeshiva? Yesuf existed in Yolanda. Yesuf was there. And he was Mishnah Melech. He was Ben Zikunim. Ben Zikunim What does it mean? It means according to the Chazal that he simply gave him everything that he learned. Yaakov taught him everything. Why did not Yaakov rely on Yosef to set up Yeshiva? And send Dafki Yehuda before he comes down to set up a base Talmud. Why not rely on Yosef? Yosef had better resources. Let us understand first the difference, the spiritual difference between Yosef and his brothers. They both had different paths in service to God. The Shvatim, as we spoke last week, were saying they were shepherds. Shepherds to sheep. They were not connected to the world. They chose not to be involved in worldly matters in order to be able to devote themselves totally to the service of God. On the flip side, Yosef, he lived in life. He lived life. In this world, with trials, tribulations, as a Mishnah Melech. But still in all, he kept his sitkis. He kept his righteousness, his devotions to Kaddish Baruch Hu. In this way, Yosef was higher, head above, head and shoulders above his brothers. To be able to keep everything and all his devotions while being involved in worldly matters. This shows how really great he really was. And therefore it's possible to explain, Teres Chassidus, that Yosef was attached with the very, very high levels of Kedusha, which were higher than this whole essence of the world. And therefore, nothing interrupted him, nothing interfered with him, even though they were all mundane things that he worked on all day long. But this Mila is the Mila of the Neshama, it's the greatness of the Neshama that was greater and higher than this. Until that the world, this world, did not attach, did not come off to the attachment to God, but the learning Torah itself has a mile of learning of Shvatim over the learning of Yosef.
The completion of learning Teda is in a level of Teda A person, the Teda is his whole life and doesn't involve himself in anything else, even if everything is done according to Teda. Therefore, his learning is so complete, so much more fulfilled in days that a person is not married yet, or the first years of his marriage, before having children, before having many children upon him. And after that, when the world comes on, and he needs to start supporting for his family, and he has the millstone on his neck, he doesn't have that limitator anymore. Yaakov Avinu taught us that the estate of the Limelatera is Dafka this, which is Shvatim, not of Yasef. Not to rely on Yasef, that from the Shlav of Tera, he involves himself in the worldly matters, and sent Dafka Yehuda, who was totally devoted to Tera. And he sent him to set up and establish Yeshiva. From here we learn that because of the greatness of Yasef, that he was able to attach himself to godliness within Yana Elam, we still need the person that Teda is Teda Sayyim Lasay. Teda is his entire life in essence. And a person that doesn't have anything else to do except for learning Teda. This learning is a fundamental that will keep Claudius Yisrael existing. Next Tuesday, Meretz Hashem, which of course will be before the next year, is Asara Batavis. It's a fast day, which does not start from the night before, it starts in the morning, until the evening. Asara Batavis is the only fast that can come out on a Friday, and we would fast on Friday, even though it goes into Shabbos. Asara Batavis, if it could come out on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos as well, just like Yom Kippur, but not like Tishabav. Sarabatavis has the many different ramifications which we've explained in the past. Um, obviously, everybody's right away getting into a tizzy. Do I have to fast? Do I have to fast? I don't have to fast. Can I? How do I get away fasting? There are many that have the opinion of the approach. They only fast on Tishabov and Yom Kippur. Sarabatavis is a very stringent fast not a simple situation and you can try and call it off for a hetter if you really can't etc but it's not something that you would want to do Sarabatev is a very 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 important fast if you can at all you should definitely see to fast on the Sarabatev time when they broke through the gate, the walls and we should definitely not make light of it hydrate oneself eat whatever you want beforehand but don't um, don't just frivolously look for a hatter
Okay, like I said, the shir is going to be cut short because I need to take care of many different things today still. Um, the next year will probably be from overseas for the next few weeks. Uh, so wish everybody that this fast of Sarabatevis will be abolished because of the Simcha Mitzvah the coming of Mashiach Tzakenu. Hatzlacha to all, bracha to all, the Neshama of Aram Barach, Ben Yudah Levi, Shavan Aliyah, as he too was devoted, even though he was in the worldly matters, and went to work, etc. Still in all, he was always devoted to times of Teda. May the Neshama have an Aliyah, may be a good to better for his own Mishpacha. Hatzlacha, Bracha, Shabbat Shalom to all.